0: to another episode of On The Line. I'm Joe Mullings and in studio today is my partner, Giovanni Loricello. G, welcome. Thank you. And as usual, when G and I get together, it's sort of like the MedTech startup state of affairs. Over the last 60 days, we're gonna try and make this a regular program for our, especially our startup people. And uh, our firm just came back from MedTech Strategist Innovation Summit in San Fran. You're just fresh off of ICI. Explain to our audience what ICI is.
1: ICI is in Tel Aviv Mm -hmm. and all the way in Israel Mm -hmm. and in the startup nation. So to the point of state of affairs, it's quite fantastic to finalize the year in startup nation. And being there, it's really focused in the cardiovascular industry. There are some offshoots, but Chaim Lotan, who has been running the show for the past for a long time, but at least for the focus of the past few years, has really had a large a large digital presence, or I should say a digital health presence. Mm-hmm. Focus the innovation on that, but in general, fantastic cardiovascular, vascular technologies being present there. You mentioned when you got back that there seemed to be a lot more discipline to the show this year than it had previous years, and, that, and that's not a knock on it, it's just that it seems like it's maturing more, right? Great word. It's maturing. Yeah, The years that we've been present there. Um, It's always been fascinating to be there. We've always had a reason to be there. Um, Visiting clients outside of the show, being at the show, learning about how the show is progressing with the KOLs that are being present, the companies that are attending. However, it's become more global over Mm -hmm. the years as opposed to regional as it was,
0: right? So I remember I was there two years ago, I think, with you and we got a chance to present. It felt a little more regional, European in nature, and then you could start to see the China presence too. Correct. How was it this year, by the way? Any China because that's a big that's a
1: big partnership, China and Israel. It's even bigger. Is it? So, Yuval Benor did a great job of presenting on that. Yeah. But there was actual full rooms dedicated to the topic of Chinese medical device innovation, supplemented by the Israeli relationship with China to the point where it was Chinese KOLs, Chinese investors, Chinese companies, mm-hmm. just there. Yeah. Talking about the state of affairs of what's happening in China, where it's going. Yeah. Scary, but yeah. awesome.
0: Yeah, and, and, and it makes sense because historically, our friends in Israel have been fantastic startup nation at, at ideation and getting things out of the can. What they haven't been as effective with, and, and again, instead of hitting a home run on startups, they're hitting like doubles on being able to commercialize products in the US. Some of that's regulatory, some of that's um, uh, quality, some of that's just style of business, right? Yeah. Uh, I think China is a very interesting model for them to take their ideation because China is really good at scaling. Correct. And they are really controlling their market. The government, so to speak, is controlling the business in that market. Yes. Versus our government controls the regulatory process.
1: And I had a fascinating conversation while I was there and someone explained it to me very cogently where we knew in the globe, knew about China and their manufacturing presence. And it was really about price, Mm -hmm. how they can undercut on price and just get there quicker. Historically. Historically. We're right in a change right now where they are wanting to rebrand themselves and they're recognizing it and they're all about quality right now. And mm-hmm. they're developing and innovating with quality. So yeah. the actual presence of medical device startups being there right now, and also the insane amount of money and investment that's yeah. already there. Yeah. Couple that with the ability to get cl- quick clinical trials and quick clinical data on mass scales that Europe, US can't even touch, mm-hmm. let alone Latin America. Yeah. It's it's interesting. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, and
0: what's interesting too is I know the last couple of years there was a choke point on China money. China was uh, over the last year or two, actually was um, choking down the amount of money that was leaving because too much too much of it was leaving to reinvest in um, medtech and biotech and life science outside of China. So they sort of slammed that shut. And now what they're doing is there's it, it's its own world, its own ecosystem now, um, redirecting
1: back inside, and the government is supporting that. That's exactly what I was meaning as well, because Mm -hmm. to that point of shutting it out, they no longer have to dilute themselves and invest elsewhere just to make their money grow. Mm -hmm. They're keeping it within their own borders. Mm -hmm. So they're actually able to focus on quality rather than just robust manufacturing, undercutting on prices and having to export. They can actually have their own ecosystem. They have the people for the clinical data. Mm -hmm. They have the money now to innovate internally. Mm -hmm. It's interesting.
0: Yeah. And um, there's for those that know in the startup world might be familiar with this is there was a lot of Chinese investment money that would come into the U.S. And the U.S. liked it because it was not as dilutive um, outside of China and people were just buying the rights for China and building up franchises within there. Mm -hmm. So you were getting your financing, um, but you were basically giving away the rights for China in order for that financing and giving the tech away. Right. Yeah. So again, we were previous to ICI, we're at the MedTech Strategist Show. And again, startup centric, uh, what I like about that show is the structure. We, we, um, we have a great partnership with MedTech Strategist. Uh, and again, it's startups who are looking to demo their tech. Um, the breakout sessions in between, usually the seven in a row um, presentations for a couple minutes, five minutes or 10 minutes. And then you always have the luminaries or the VCs or the strategics talking about financing strategies, et cetera. Um, what are your thoughts on that show and how does that compare to something like ICI?
1: I'll start with an example mm. that I personally found f- fascinating. So I love the MedTechs Strategy show, whether it's Dublin, San Francisco, wherever it may be. Um, but I love meeting people in person, right? So, you know, the lists of people that I meet, whether it's the VCs or the structural hard startups or the startups in general, or mm-hmm. simply people who are just simply attending. Mm-hmm. There was, I had an opportunity of meeting somebody, um, who was a product manager at one of the major corporates and, She was part of a program that came from one of the corporates. Her purpose of being there was for professional growth. And this was ICI? No, this was MedTech Strategist. strategist. So I had met her, no agenda, simply networking, wanted to say hello. And I said, you know, so what brings you here? You know, you don't have a booth here. You're not selling anything. She's part of a program within one of the major corporates who put her there for professional growth. Mm -hmm. And I stopped and said, okay, so there's no immediate agenda for you being here except for your companies investing in you mm-hmm. to interact with a multitude or various amounts of medical device professionals from venture capital to innovation, to regulatory, whatever it may be, just to get exposure. And she said, yeah. And I found that fascinating because out of all the shows that we go to in general, they're therapy specific, yep. ortho, ophthalmology, cardiovascular, whatever it may be. But the medtech strategists, you get, like what we always call it, that weekend or week of MBA med tech, right? right? So it's, you get the exposure to what it's like to hear the corporates on the merger and acquisition side, how they choose who they acquire. You get to hear the stories of what it was like to be that CEO of the startup that did get acquired and the VCs that they had to interact with or the funding aspects of what they had to interact with in order to get to the point where they can be positioned to get acquired. So you hear all three sides of the story. Mm -hmm. And to be someone youthful in their career, Simply sitting in the audience, having the ability to watch that in 4D, it's, it's pretty incredible. It was a great investment. So as opposed to just having one silo focus, MedTech Strategist was phenomenal to get that general breadth of the health of the MedTech industry.
0: And that's, that's interesting because one of the things that we can continue to do at TMG is give you guidance, not just in looking for a new job and what you should be doing when you look for a new job. More importantly, the larger part of the population is not looking for a new job. The larger part of the population is looking to develop their career. So I love that, G, because now if you're listening to this and you're early in your career or mid-career and you go in for your review, you may want to think about that on personal development. Hey, get me to a MedTech Strategist show or. Get me to an ICI or get me to um, TCT or PCR and go in with an agenda and and go in with a uh, why this why this is valuable to you to develop me. Yeah, I would do that. And, And again, if you're looking for a job and you're negotiating, say, listen, I want to go to the ICI show. Let's make that part of the offer. Sure. Right. I'll buy the airfare, but you pay for the ticket. Right. Right. So just just a little bit off subject today, but not really too much. Um, in regards to personal development in an organization, whether you're moving around or not. Um, So last 60 days, what are the uh, the aha moments or what are the points that you'd want to share with the audience and startups?
1: What are you seeing going on? I think 2019 is going to be fascinating. And I know you asked about the past 60 days, Mm -hmm. but it brings me to that because 2018, if you look at the investments that were made across multiple, multiple therapies, mm-hmm. the acquisitions, I mean, huge year for mergers and acquisitions. But as we see this cannibalization of the medical device industry and the oligopoly of these fewer organizations able to acquire, but still this yearning for these plethora of startups trying to innovate and create themselves with fewer people possibly able to, or companies rather, to be able to acquire them, and you had such a massive year of mergers and acquisitions and financing Mm -hmm. in order to keep this development growing, whether it's for the big corporates to commercialize or the companies that are currently already in development who already received money this year. I'm really curious to see how much hunger is left for next year Mm. or where they can go.
0: Yeah. So look, the strategics have to buy revenue. Yeah. Right. So the the, the math never changes. Strategics need to answer quarter to quarter bell from revenue. So there's always going to be revenue by, um, then you've got to always have the pipeline being loaded up. And of course we continue to ring the bell on data, um, and, and digital health. So you, those internal programs are, are existent in the large strategics, but they're not going to be meaningful, mm-hmm. right? They're placeholders. All of that tech, a majority of that tech, I should say, are going to come from external players. Yeah. And so that means the startup world is super hot there. Um, And then one of the things that I believe you're gonna see this upcoming year is for the first time, organizations are gonna start to acquire technology that is not gonna lead to revenue, nor is it going to be buying a finalized product that eventually could lead to revenue. They're gonna be buying technologies that plug in as a component eventually to an end system. So you're gonna see machine language businesses being bought, right? Or uh, virtual reality or um, workflow integration Mm -hmm. um, or procedure planning. So you're gonna start to see services bought or technologies that don't have a product, correct? but are technologies. And gosh, forever, uh, Facebook's done that, Apple's done that, Google's done that. Those, those products don't grow because of all the internal engine. Mm-hmm. Those are all small acquisitions that bolt on an aggregate that end up providing an Apple iTunes. Right. And so I think 19 is going to be the very first obvious year of that for people. And the VC is going to hop on it. They're going to be a little late. Um, because they're lemmings, and I don't mean that as an insult, they just tend to follow each other. Mm -hmm. And if you look at their investments, they'll make an investment only if three other venture capital firms agree on an investment, and then they figure, okay, that's our vetting process in case somebody's smarter than us. But those who do the early land grab will have a huge competitive advantage on startups. That's where I think that goes. Yeah. And then the other thing I saw, so I've been having a conversation with an organization located out of Denver, Colorado. Right now, I'll leave it unnamed, but... Over the last couple of years, you and I have sat at these shows and sat on these podiums ourselves and interacted with people. And the startups have been stuck in a really bad spot lately. So they'll get a tech and let's just call it, let's call it a 510K to start with. No, let's not even go on a heavy lift on a PMA. Let's go on a 510K. And these companies will develop a product, get their FDA approval, get their 510. And then strategics have no interest in buying approvals. They have interest in buying revenue and showing adoption and uptake. However, if you're a startup, you're gonna to have to put a sales force in place. And if you put a sales force in place, you gotta go for another round. Because you're not gonna have the juice or the dry powder to pay seven sales reps who are used to making two to three hundred thousand a year, plus their expenses to get out and see the docs to sell your product to show the uptake. Right. So you're between a rock and a hard place. Of course. And then if you want a three to four X on money, and you raise 70 million to put a sales force in place, you gotta get out 280 million just to break even, right? Do the math. Right. So it's a really bad place. There's a company right now, and I think you're going to see this model, I've heard of it before, but this is the first one we're working closely with right now, that is going to be able to bring um, specific modality or specific therapy expertise and sales forces to be able to come in and put in a sales force in place without necessarily having to go for another round of financing. And are going to step in and become a core value to that startup company and being able to get that product in the hands of Docs and then provide metrics back to the strategics of this, how, this is how long it takes for us to put it in their hand, this is how long the sales cycle takes, these are the headwinds to the sales cycle. And going into the strategics with that data, with actual sales efforts in the field, I think is an answer to bridging 510K products right now to market quicker and create a bigger threat for multiple acquirers. So I, I, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say 2019, you're gonna see the start of that market pretty aggressively.
1: And to that point, I mean, we've seen it for years now, but supporting everything that you just said, that historic model of a startup looking for funding from a VC, building the company with a big question mark on who's gonna buy it and for how much until it happens or doesn't, the past three to five years heavily especially in the past two years, very heavily, we've seen that corporate strategic investment earlier on. And even at some of the shows, especially MedTech strategists, they were even talking about this, the corporates are even getting involved earlier than ever, which then provide more than just financing support, but it provides network, it provides manufacturing, supply chain, ability to get cost of goods at a lower cost, right? Running it's clinical like, trials. We have a client right now who's gonna- Resources. Resources, yeah. Assets. yep. So all these models are changing. And I think going back to your original question of what we got out of the past 60 days was um, the traditional model of what has been talked about for the past, let's just call it two decades, is really changing. It's certainly changing over the past two to three years, but we're in this awesome period right now Mm -hmm. where the medical device industry, as we knew it, is just no longer. It's evolving into something significantly more sophisticated. Yes.
0: Yeah. And and I think you're right. I think you're right on the investments with that. I think the strategics are coming in. I think you're going to have new outside money come in, which concerns me because the valuations will go up too high on people who really don't understand the med tech world. Um, And that'll come because of digital health and data. But listen, at least the money's coming in. Right. And there'll be some... Victims and, and, and carcasses on the side of the road from that of course. Uh and valuations that are just skyrocketed because somebody fell in love with the tech I mean, we've got a couple of VCs We're dealing with right now that have no medtech experience investing big in certain technologies And I kind of turn my head sideways like a dog with a high-pitched whistle. I'm like you're really gonna put that much money into that Right, but hey, they got the cash, but I think you're right 2019 will go down as the year that you can point to that was a very clear transition in startups, and I think the golden age of startups will be upon us through this year. People will realize that. The old guard will get put out of business because of their old thinking ways. And listen, they had their time. Yeah. They had their time. And God bless them standing on the shoulders of giants. Having said that, um, there needs to be a new sheriff in town in regards to how these technologies are going to see the light of day. And I think he's on his way in right now. Yeah. Yeah, there's a new sheriff in town. (laughs) (laughs) So um, again, this is our first of a formal number of series on state of affairs and medtech startups, uh, I guess, episode one. So I'm Joe Mullings with Giovanni Lorisella. Thanks, Jay. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, we are heading off. So I'll be at JP Morgan. Uh, You're going where next? I'll be at NAN's The Neuromodulation Show in Las Vegas. Yep. And uh, so we'll look forward to speaking to you after those and giving you a little bit more heads up what's going on in startups. And take care, be well.